I left my failing business that resulted in thousands of dollars of debt and almost killed my passion for entrepreneurship to set out on a journey to build a business I could enjoy doing the rest of my life. I went all in to learn a new skill and found myself in the world of funnel marketing. Now I get to talk to entrepreneurs who are creating mass movements and empowering others. I don't know how I'll do it yet, but I know I want to join them. Follow me on my journey as I speak with top entrepreneurs to learn the strategies they are using to build their movements and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Susan Leonardson, and this is Amplify Your Impact. this episode of Amplify Your Impact. Today I have Mario Paye on and he is going to tell us a little bit about his background story, um, how he got it in, into the entrepreneur lifestyle and how it just kind of took off from there. He has, uh, he built a funnel that earned him a lot of money in a short amount of time and now he is actually um, launching his own course on a product that he has come to love. And it was just learning a skill for himself and people started asking him how to do it. And then he just was like, well, okay, I'll make a course on it. Um, in this episode, I actually recorded this with him uh, a long time ago. And so he doesn't actually talk about his course for his live stream mastery class in this episode, but he does have a really awesome promotion that we're going to talk about at the end of this episode. So listen to the whole thing so you can get in on that. His live stream mastery class is actually um, him teaching people how to do really, really good quality, awesome live streams like on Facebook. And he has become the master of this. His videos look amazing. And he goes into how to actually like position them and put content in that's going to actually help your business. Um, so stay tuned for the end of this episode to learn how you can get in on that and learn more about what he's doing with that. So uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Mario. So first, let's start with like telling us a little bit of your background. I saw that you've, you've done some work with the U.S. Olympic team. I'm super curious about that. And also you left a pretty successful career. So I want to know more about that. So tell us a bit, a bit of your background and yeah. um, where, like what led you to the point of just wanting to start your own thing? So when, I guess I'll start off at the very beginning. Um, when I was in high school, I was very much into graphic design and that led me to basically, I was just doing designs for like my friends who were wrestlers. I was a wrestler in high school. Um, and like my popularity in the, like the wrestling community with like graphic design grew pretty like exponentially. Like every year it was more and more people, more and more coaches knew that I was a graphic designer. And by the time I was a junior in high school, I was doing um, the wrestling singlets and posters for like, multiple schools and clubs around the area. And as the years went on, and this was like a small little business um, where it was just me basically in my bedroom, like after school, like designing stuff, sending the orders over to China, getting them manufactured, sending them back, then driving over to the teams and delivering them. Um, I didn't know anything about business. I was a junior and a senior in high school. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like super business savvy, but uh, over the years, by the time I was 20, I was doing work for like 20, 30 teams around the state of Illinois. And 
there was a memorial event for one of the Olympic wrestlers who was from Palatine, Illinois, uh, who had leukemia and he had passed away. And his family, I had done work for one of the coaches from the high school that he, that he went to. Um, and they were going to hold the memorial event there. And they were inviting basically the U.S. Olympic team and then a bunch of gold and silver medalists from around the world to like, you know, basically have a, a wrestling tournament at the, at the high school. Um, and they were like, well, who do we want to design the uniforms for the, for the teams? And they're like, well, I know this kid. He's pretty amazing. Like, we could hire Nike or Adidas, so like one of the big companies. But, like, it, I was a 19-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was a novelty at the time, I guess. And they liked me. Um, so they had me design the uniforms. And it, it, was, it was insane because these are, like, people I'd looked up to, like, my entire, you know, like, wrestling career. And now they're wearing my designs. And I still have the photos up on my, like, little business website. Um, but after that event, that event was streamed live and my business like exploded in like the next three, four weeks. Um, so much so that I had to shut it down. Like, wow. So when Steve and, and Russell talk about like, like you have to have systems in place cause your business can't outgrow you. It can go grow faster than you have the capacity to, you know, maintain. Like I, I was 19. I was, this was like, you know, almost a decade ago. Um, this was back 2011, 2012. Um, I didn't know like any of that stuff. So when orders started to flood in, cause they like, they streamed it live and thousands of people watched all around the country and uh, around the world. And they said like, Oh, the wrestling singles and designs were provided by so-and-so's company. Like the following two weeks, it was just email after email order after order. I was like, ah! <laughs> deleted my number, took down the website, closed everything down. That's insane. And yeah, and then after that, I just got into just, you know, regular, like regular jobs. Like I, I worked, uh, I worked, you know, carrying boxes out of trucks. Then somehow I got into uh, doing sales. I sold vacuums for a while, door to door. And during one of those presentations, I did one for a uh, financial advisor. And he was like, you know, you're, you're a pretty likable dude. I think you do well in this industry and you seem to be pretty smart. Like I would... I would come up with numbers right off the bat when he would ask for the financing options. I'd be like, well, at this price point, you could get this monthly. Like, and I just had it all memorized. He's like, you seem pretty sharp. Um, so he, he interviewed me. I worked as a financial like uh, advisor and uh, I sold like life insurance and retirement plans for about a year. Worked my way into selling bankruptcies at a law firm. So I've been in like finance and then I, and then I eventually made it into mortgages but I've been in finance for like the last six, seven years. Um, and it was really during my time as a mortgage banker, because that's where I spent most of my time, uh, that I was able to, one, make the most amount of money I'd ever made in my life. Like it was, you know, having a $10,000 a month wasn't out of the ordinary. Um, but it was also like at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm helping a lot of people. Like I can... I can do so much good with this. And then later and later, like I found out that it's not, you know, the way they train you on like how finance works is not how it actually works in the back end. This is just like the, how they train the salespeople and the people at the front of the house uh, to pitch their offers and pitch their products. Yeah. Uh, when you find out how the numbers really work, then you're like, Jesus, this is like, 
awful. Um, and once I was exposed to how it actually works, like I did my own digging in the bank and then I also spoke to a couple, it was by chance, uh, somebody called into the bank asking for one of our products. And just from the conversation with them, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would you do that? And they're like, well, we, we use this specific bank product to buy real estate. And I was like, how? And they're like, well, basically we turn our house into a checking account and then we just write checks and buy other properties in full. We don't ever have to get a mortgage. We never use mortgages. I was like, then why are you calling a mortgage bank? Like, cause it's, you offer it. You just don't know you offer it. <laughs> and so I had to ask and figured it out. And I created, you know, when I realized what that was, I spent like months building the systems and building the software and stuff just to kind of, just for my own use. Cause I wanted to use it myself later on. Uh, I wasn't really allowed to talk about it or show the strategy to homeowners that called in. Cause it's not something that the bank makes money off of. So we're not allowed to really promote it. They don't run ads for it. They run ads for mortgages. Everybody runs ads for mortgages. Yeah. Uh, well, now the secret's out. <laughs> right, right. So, so when I found out about funnels, I was like, oh my God, I could totally sell this thing, this like little knowledge and little stuff that I created through a funnel because I didn't know how to distribute it. I didn't like, you know, when I had success as like a 19 year old, that was all organic. Like I didn't do any ads. I didn't do any marketing. Like people just found out about me because it's a small community. Yeah. But it was, it was insane. Like it opened up a whole new world for me. And uh, that was the course I built during my first uh, OFA challenge, which was in February. That's when I got into funnels. And this did like February of this year? February, uh, or- February 24th of this year was my first one funnel away challenge. And I launched my course on March 26th. And between wow. March 26th and like end of April, I did like 10,000. That's awesome. Which is insane, you know? Like, yeah. Well, you had a good offer and you, you know, OFA is awesome. Teaches you how to package it all up together. So that's hundred dollars I ever spent in my life. Yeah, sure. It, you went into it prepared with an actual product. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people do is they go in having no idea what they're doing. <laughs> I actually went into it. I, so I quit my job at the bank on March 1st. I started the OFA on the 24th. I quit my job on the Friday of the, at the end of that belief week. And I went into the OFA thinking I was going to build a lead generation funnel for my mortgage business. I didn't go into it thinking I was going to do this course, but belief week made me realize like, like I could totally do something that's against like the, against the grain basically. Like everybody is like trying to generate leads. I'm like, I could do something where I actually help homeowners instead of just trying to make more money for myself. And yeah. Mortgages. And when I did that 10,000, you know, everybody's like, this is amazing. You made so much money. I'm like, this is actually like a, I took a hit. <laughs> like I didn't, right. I'm making less now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But more than about 90% of click right. users. <laughs> so right, they're all right. amazed at how well you did, especially, right. you know, for, for a first funnel, especially that's, that's awesome. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was crazy. I didn't expect it, honestly. So do you still have that going? Is that still something that you're I'm, maintaining and selling? Yeah, I'm working on making it evergreen. Um, just like finishing up the course, finishing up all the disclaimers, all the uh, the legal, because it, it's, it's, this is where I made the mistake. And I think a lot of people probably make this mistake too when they start. They pick a, 
I picked an industry that has a lot of red tape. Like I picked mortgage financing, yeah. which is like after 2008, there's like so much like stuff that you can't talk about when it comes to like financing your home. Um, <laughs> like you can't do education. It all has to go through different like channels right. through the government regulatory system. Um, so like I have to like find ways to talk about it without like making it sound like it's financial advice, you know, cause it's really like, it's not financial advice. It's just a, an alternative path that you can go down when you buy a house or, you know, want to use your house to buy other homes. Yeah. That's awesome. I think I'll have to, uh, buy that course from you later on when you have it evergreen. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I just taught it through a beta for a little while. <laughs> So that led you up to, okay, so that was happening in February and March. And then mm -hmm. that was initially, so One Funnel Away Challenge is where you first discovered ClickFunnels? I discovered ClickFunnels in a YouTube video in mid-January. I watched, I, I, was, I was interested in going to the 10X Growth Conference. And I was trying to find like any of the videos from the previous year's GrowthCon. And the only one I could find that was like the full length version was Russell's. Uh, Russell's pitch. Yeah. Uh, and you've seen it. Everybody's seen the, the 10x pitch. Yeah, of course. Um, and I was like, that evening, I bought my tickets to the event. I was like, I got to go see this guy in person. Like, this is insane. I got to go buy this thing. And then the next morning, we bought our flight and our hotel room. Uh, and then we just attended the event, which was at the beginning of February. And spent like so much money there. Just like we bought the ClickFunnels package. I never even did the two-week trial. Like I just bought the $3,000 package like <laughs> from the get. Um, so I think that's where a lot of people also like it, it holds a lot of people back from succeeding in this business. Because a lot of people are doing like the two-week trials and they're like, eh, you know, can I, I'm going to put my account on hold because I didn't get the funnel I wanted to build. Like they, they stick their toe in you know, into the pool to test the waters. And, and then they like, they wonder why they're not having success. You know, you, like just most people just got to dive into the deep end and maybe financially they can't afford to, but like that should be a motivating factor. Like if you can't financially afford to jump all in, solve that problem. So you can, you know? Right. That like, like goes back to Steve Larson's story where he, you know, he was finding money to, to build to his funnels and then yeah. was ready to jump or I don't know. He was, yeah, he was learning everything he could ahead of time, had yeah. everything in place ahead of time, then jumped into the two week trial. But that was a motivation for him because he's like, I have two weeks to make money off of this. Right. So he like he didn't waste time. <laughs> right. And then he traded funnels to go to funnel hacking live, you know? Yeah. Like he was like, I don't have the money to do it, but I'll like, I'll find a way to, to make it there. Yeah. You know, like most people just got to find a way. Um, but I think that's one of the big things that resulted in like my success with ClickFunnels so far is just the, the all in committed mentality um, that Steven, Steve Larson talks about. Uh, Garrett J. White did a beautiful little speech at Funnel Hacking Live last year, which I watched the video of like over and over where he talks about commitment. And how, you know, 80% committed to anything is not committed. You know, you can't just be half-assing. I don't even know if I can say that during this. But, like, you can't, you can't half-ass your business and your future and 
and your finances, you know, it's, it's something you got to like, you either all in or you're all out. Cause if you're not all in, you will fail. And the second you come up against some resistance, you'll quit because you were never fully committed to begin with. Absolutely. Most people give up very early, especially when they hit a lot of resistance because they, they were never all in to begin with. They weren't as invested, you know, so you, that just brought up, you, um, do you help people with mindset? I know that's one of the uh, topics that you said you'd speak on. So tell me, yeah. like, just tell me a little bit about, about what you do with mindset for entrepreneurs. So I, you know, I do a lot of lives in my group and, uh, and in the collab- collaborative group that I have with uh, Alex Elliott and Callum Ewing. Um, and a lot of the stuff I talk on, I talk a lot about like, you know, funnel strategy and all this other stuff, which is, it's fun. The tactics are fun. Um, but all the tactics and all the strategies in the world won't save you if your mindset is wrong. Because all the knowledge you need to be successful online, make a million dollars, do all the stuff that everybody says is like their goal. All that stuff is available. It's available for free. You don't even have to buy courses. Like all that knowledge is available out there. Just go to YouTube. But the reason that, you know, that only like 20 people have ever done two CCX have ever made $10 million in the funnel. And the reason that only 1% of like the people that do click funnels actually end up making a million dollars is they have a different mentality of going about it. They don't have more resources. They don't have more access to different things. They don't have crazier offers or better offers they just have a different way of approaching things. Um, they, they, they don't quit when, when they can't figure something out. They don't, you know, they don't take breaks every time they feel unmotivated. They have a structure to their day. They have a focus. Focus is like the biggest thing without focus. You're lost, you know? And I, I've, I've realized this over the many like different jobs that I've been at. Cause I, any company I've ever gone to, I, especially in sales, I was always like number one right off the bat. Like I would start off as being number one in the company. Um, and everybody would always be like, well, how the heck does he do that? Like, how does this new guy that knows nothing about our industry come in and crush all the numbers? And it's because everybody, when you get competent at something, like when you get good at funnels or when you get good at email copywriting or whatever, any, anything you get good at, it's easier to get distracted when you're good at things because you have a capability now and you see that you're able to do all these other things now because you have this, this, uh, this skill set. When you're new at something, you don't know anything. So you have to just learn the one thing until you get competent at it. And usually when you're learning that one thing, you approach it from a beginner's mindset and you usually have better success than anybody else. Especially if you have that kind of focus where you're like, I want to get good at this thing. You know, like I wanted to get good at funnels. So my first funnel succeeded like crazy because I didn't know anything about copywriting. So all I did was ask people about my copy nonstop. You know, like I was like, is this headline good? They'd be like, oh no, change this. Maybe this will work better. I was like, okay. Like I was obsessive about it because I come from like a, I I treat it like I'm a baby learning to walk. Like I'm going to figure this out because there's no other option. Like I left my job. I had to figure it out. There was no there's no, uh, what do you call that? There's nothing to go back to. There's no, you know, second, backup second plan, backup yeah. plan. There's nothing. 
like you, you have to figure it out. You know, I'm not going to stay crawling for the rest of my life. Uh, and most people have a backup plan for everything in their lives. You know, they have a backup plan for, for everything, for their job. They're at one job and they're interviewing at other jobs while they're at that one job, you know, or they're looking for other opportunities to go somewhere else instead of committing to that one job. They're, you know, they're, they have these friends, but in case, if these friends bail on them this night, then they have other friends to go to, you know, they have second, they, they have backup plans for everything. And that is like, that's good when you're doing stock trading or like managing your finances. It's good to have a backup plan. But when it's like your business and your family and things that you do need to be all committed to, you shouldn't have backup plans because they just cause you to half-ass everything, you know, because you're half committed either way. And that's a lot of the stuff that I talk about when I talk about mindset, because a lot of people they're all over the place. They're trying to do affiliate marketing. They're trying to promote the OFA and ClickFunnels and affiliate bootcamp. And they're trying to sell their own product and a course. And they're working on this, and working on that. And I'm like, just, just, it's a one funnel, one funnel away, not seven funnels away. You know? Yeah. It's one thing. Just do one thing. Like if you can't do one thing good, what makes you think you're going to do seven things good? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. it's crazy. It's crazy to yeah. me. I've, I've definitely found myself in that position over like, the past, I don't know, seven, eight years <laughs> where right. I'm like, you know, I was committed to something, um, but like did not have much interest in it. And so I kept getting that shiny object syndrome. And I think that goes back to what you were saying. Like when people um, learn something, it's like no longer a challenge for them. So they're like, okay, well, what else can I go challenge myself with? So then they go to the next course or the next project or whatever without actually ever following through because right. yeah, they, they learned it. They feel they, they're not an expert at it by any means, but they feel comfortable enough with what they've learned, um, with what they got out of it. I think that's a huge problem that people have. So yeah, I've definitely been there. That's part of, part of my story and where I come from. Um, it wasn't until I decided I've got to go all in with, with this thing that I want to do. And that was, that was only several months ago, February, March is when my story really began to for right. what I was doing. And it's so true. You have to just go all in and make that one thing work. And then you'll have ideas come in your mind. All these ideas and projects you want to do will keep coming to you. But you just have to write them down and say, I'll get to those later after I've followed through and finished this thing first. Right. So I totally agree with that. And, and a lot of the advice I give and you know, like everybody goes through that, just like you did, just like I have, everybody goes through it where they like, they're all over the place at some point in their lives. Uh, but a lot of the advice I give, it's not even me telling it to other people. It's very self-reflective. Like it's stuff that I've struggled with, that I go through that, you know, cause when I started talking about getting focused, it's when I was unfocused and I was just giving myself that advice. When I talk to the camera and I'm like doing a live, I'm really talking to me and doing a lot of self-talk and everybody else is like, Oh my God, you, it's like, you understand me. I'm like, it's, I understand me. And I know that a lot of you guys are probably like me, you know what I mean? Cause we're all new to this space. Uh, and if I'm suffering with something or I'm, I'm struggling with something, I'm sure there are 30, 40 other people that are, you know, struggling with the same thing. Um, and I think that's where a lot of good copy comes from too. Like good copywriting is really self-reflective. It's, it's, writing to yourself and then other people are like, oh, 
like you get me, you know? Um, yeah. That's really all sales is. It's, it's speaking to yourself, but it's a lot of the mindset stuff. Most people don't ever step outside of themselves to just look at themselves objectively. Um, and I think that that in itself is a skill set that is very hard to acquire. It's easy to master skills that are like tangible, like building funnels or, you know, copywriting or Facebook ads or whatever, like things that are like, it's easy to measure how good you are at it because there's a metric to follow, you know, like, you know, when you're good at funnels cause you start making money and your CPC goes high and whatever, like you, you, you're good at stuff. Um, but it's, it's hard to measure your self-awareness because you never know when you truly know how you think and how you work and what, what is really in your way. You know, most people think they know what their struggles and their walls are in their life, but they never ask themselves enough whys to get to the core of, of what they're actually struggling with. You know, it, they're like, Oh, I'm not good at funnels because my, uh, you know, because I'm not techie. Well, why aren't you techie? You know, Oh, because I was, I'm old. That's, you find their self-limiting beliefs. You know, why do you think you wouldn't be techie if you're old? Well, because it's past my time. Da, 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 da. Like they think that they can't learn stuff and that's why they're not succeeding. And that's like, those limiting beliefs are what hold people back. You know, yeah. those like self-reflective things that they never really talk about. They just push it onto something external. Like funnels are hard. Email copywriting is hard. I was never a good writer, you know? Like anybody could be good at anything. It's, we're all, you know, we, we're the most advanced species on the planet. It, it's just going with it. <laughs> so do you have any advice for someone who may be listening to this mm -hmm. right now that is going through that? Like, oh, they're maybe realizing, oh, that is me that I am making up those excuses, those external reasons, but really my problem is much deeper. Like what advice do you have <clears throat> for them? Like a resource or just some tips? Like what did you do when you started realizing you had a focus problem? <laughs> I, the, the number one thing, and this is going to be a hard thing for a lot of people to actually do and implement, but the number one thing that helped that contributed to my growth and to my success is not paying attention to the people that are giving me compliments and only paying attention to those that are giving me criticism. But we're in a world right now where everybody wants that validation. They want people to tell them that they're good at something or that they're succeeding or that they're, you know, they should be happy because we want to feel like, okay, we're, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, but in reality, that's a good way to stay where you are and not really progress. I've learned to focus only on the people that give me criticism. Even like your haters are going to be the ones that help you progress the most. You know, when somebody says get, get more haters, like you need haters in your life to grow. They don't mean like you need the attention they give you. They mean your haters will try to find things like weaknesses in your offer or in your message or in your product or whatever. They'll find the weaknesses and they'll point them out to you. And they, like, they may be coming from a hurtful place where they want to like hurt you, but realize like they are helping you fix those issues. You know, so if somebody's like, your message seems spammy or like you're, you know, you seem salesy and sleazy or whatever, like your, your offer sucks because this guy's got a better offer. 
whatever. If you seem like a copy of this dude or that dude, like people will say things like that. Most people, their like their initial reaction is to go, ooh, you know, like retract and like like back away from those things or like delete them uh, or remove the post or whatever. Like they'll they they try to be to play defensive. Um, when in reality, you should look at the criticism and be like. I think they're onto something and, and you can do your own research and figure out if they were or not, you know, but I think the one thing that's going to help somebody to grow the most in, if, if online business and online entrepreneurship is new to them is listening to the critics and, and just like figuring out if there's any merit to what they're saying. Take all the compliments you want. If you need them, go through and read all the nice compliments about yourself. And like, if you're feeling, having a bad day, read all the nice things people say. That's fine. I need that too sometimes. You know, I need, I need people to tell me that I'm good at stuff sometimes. But when, if you don't know, like don't treat your funnels or your business like they're your baby. Don't get emotionally involved in your business. It's because it's, it's not a, it's not your self-worth. Like your business is not a reflection of you. Your business is a reflection of your offer and your skill set at that time, but it's not you. You are not your skill sets. You are not your business. You are not your funnels. You're not your offer. You're not your sales message. You're not any of that stuff. You are your own individual human being and anybody who criticizes your business or what you put on social media, they're not criticizing you because they don't know you. They don't know where you're, you know, your, your life. They don't know your thoughts, your feelings, your family life, anything. They, all they know is what you put out there. So it's, learn to take that criticism and realize that they're not criticizing you. They're criticizing your business and any critiques on your business will help your business get stronger. You know, Nike, Apple, all these companies, Google, Facebook, they all get stronger with the more criticism that they receive. They, they grow, they don't retract, you know, they don't contract, they don't back up, they don't retreat. They, they grow with that stuff and they make changes. They make the necessary changes that they need to. Um, and that's why these companies have succeeded. That's why Amazon succeeded. Anytime somebody's like, Amazon, Amazon sucks because they don't have these products. Guess what Amazon does? They don't go like, well, you suck because blah. they're like, okay, we'll add those products. Great, here you go. You know? Well, they don't do this. Well, now we're doing that. Here you go. Like, we'll, we'll provide everything. So you got to ro roll with the punches, I guess. You know, roll with them, make changes, um, and don't be so emotionally attached to your funnels because I hear a lot of people say that their funnel it's my baby I'm like then I can't critique your funnel if you think it's your baby because the second I tell you your landing page sucks you're gonna be like but I worked so hard on it you know that's every so many people respond that way yeah your work is not like nobody your customers visit your page they're not gonna know how hard you worked on it they're just gonna like it or not right I think that also <clears throat> with what you're saying I loved that just not taking things personally, but in order to start getting those haters or we'll, let's call it feedback, you have to be putting yourself out there. You have yes. to make that decision. Like whether this is good or not good, I have to put it out there so that I can start getting that feedback, whether it's nice or, <laughs> right. and, or and not. Out there. Exactly. Like, don't even put your finished work out there because you don't know what's good and what's not. Put unfinished work out there. Put a half-done funnel or a half-done product out there and let the market tell you if it's good or not or if you're in the right going in the right direction or not. Because a lot of people are like, I, I have to make sure everything is set up before I go live. 
I have to make sure all my pages are done and my email sequences are you know created and all that like I got all my integrations everything's got to be lined up I'm like why like you could launch and make no sales and then you spent two months building an entire system and funnel and follow-up and all this other stuff like when I launched my funnel this is gonna blow your mind because I did everything wrong I I had no self-liquidating offer I, I had no like seven dollar opt-in offer or whatever I had a a free ebook that went into a $500 sale, no upsell, no OTO, nothing like just free book, $500, no video, long copy sales letter, no video for a $500 offer. Yeah. Video, which is insane. No webinar, you know. And how uh, did that go for you? I made 18 sales my first month. Yeah. Like, you know, I made like nine grand my first month. Um, but like, I had no email follow-up sequence. I did no paid traffic. It was just all organic. Like people were just, and it was because I was putting my stuff out there. I was getting, asking for criticism and critiques and people's help on it. And a lot of people saw my stuff and they were like, when you're done with that, can just let me know. Cause I want to, I want to buy that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I was just putting my stuff out there. Um, and just asking for feedback. I would tell people like, don't like, don't opt in. There's nothing to opt into check out my landing page. Is it okay? Like, is my e-cover showing up right? Is it loading fast? Like what's, you know, what should I change things to? And I'll tell people don't opt in <laughs> and you know, it'll still get removed because self promo. I'm like, I told them not to opt in. Don't <laughs> don't opt in. There's nothing for sale. <laughs> um, but it, it was, you know, it's just that like putting out your half done work and let your market build your offer for you. Cause they'll tell you what they want. Um, like people told me like, Hey, do you offer calls with this? And I'm like, yeah, I'll get on, I'll get on a call with you and figure out your numbers, you know, whatever. Like, I just want to help you succeed. Like that's my only thing goal with this. Yeah. I was going to charge like 97 bucks for the whole thing. And they're like, that's crazy. <laughs> it is not the amount <laughs> of money you're probably saving people. Yeah. Well, the, the two people at a funnel hack that kind of offer the same thing, the same knowledge, they're charged theirs at four grand and 20,000. So at 500 bucks, I'm like, Still way below the market, but it's, it's whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care. And you saw it in beta. And I'm sure later on, once you have it's it all. It's still in beta, yeah. That's why. Yeah, once you have it all set up and tweaked and optimized a bit, you probably could raise your price on it for sure. Mario, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I wanted to help Mario put his new course out there into the world because it's awesome and it is like super valuable and he's just the master at live streaming. And so he's created this course called Livestream Mastery and you can go check it out. Go to lsmastery.com forward slash masterclass reserve and he's actually selling it for a really good deal until Wednesday. That's tomorrow, guys. Um, after that, you could, I think you can still get in on it, but uh, the price is going up. So go check out lsmastery.com forward slash masterclass reserve and get in on that awesome, super amazing deal. He's going to actually live stream the training for it um, so you can see it all in action. And he's going to be doing that on Saturday the 14th, but I think tomorrow. Uh, September 11th is the last day to get in on the uh, the, the cheaper price. Um, go check him out, lsmastery.com forward slash masterclass reserve. Thank you so much for listening. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Amplify Your Impact. If you're loving what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review to help others like you discover the show. And have you ever wondered what the secret to a successful funnel is? Are you sick and tired of trying funnels and getting nowhere? Jump on a free 15 minute call with me and I'll give you my number one secret to creating a profitable funnel that converts. Just visit susanleonardson.com forward slash discover and book that call with me.